Welcome to Sibyline Podcasts, part of our World Risk Register Threat Monitoring Service. These podcasts are released on a weekly basis, covering timely and relevant topics. In these discussions, we hope to shed light on evolving scenarios and provide actionable predictions and implications. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Hello and thank you for joining us. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about Germany, notably following Angela Merkel's announcement last week that she'll not be standing in the CDU party leadership elections uh, on 6th to 8th of December. And with me to do that, as ever, I'm joined by Matt Sachowski, our senior Europe analyst. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. So what has the impact of this announcement been and what happens now? So... Merkel's announcement has created a degree of uncertainty around the long-term political trajectory in Germany. And that is because even though Merkel has said that she will try to hold on to the office of the Chancellor until until the next federal election in August, um, August 2021, depending on who succeeds her as party leader, that might create a lot of pressure for her to potentially step down and for a greater change in the CDU policy. So... Now we have three major candidates vying for the party leadership out of the total of 12, which is a highly unusual phenomenon in in CDU politics. We have the current federal health minister, Jens Spahn, who is strongly opposed to Merkel's immigration policy and stands somewhat to the right from her uh, on social policies. We then have Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, also known as AKK, due to the difficulty of pronouncing her name, <laughs> who, is, who has been dubbed by, mostly by English media as, as a kind of mini Merkel because she was handpicked by Chancellor Merkel earlier in the year and she is the general, general uh, secretary of the CDU party. She has been tasked with forming forward-looking policy of the party. And then lastly, uh, we have Friedrich Merz, who is, according to public polls, the most likely successor to Merkel who departed politics in 2009. He was ousted by Merkel as head of the CDU-CSU parliamentary uh, group, which has recently been claimed by Ralph Brinkhaus, as our subscribers will know. And he is a he also stands somewhat to the right from Merkel, although not as much as not as much as Jens Spahn. And he's he's actually quite a pro-business candidate. He's he's much closer to the FDP, uh, for example, than the CDU. Okay, so, and what about AKK? What's, you know, she's mini Merkel. Does she very much follow uh, Merkel's policies and rhetoric? Is is there any variation there, or she's very much a candidate for continuation, perhaps? She is very much a continuity candidate. Um, She shares Merkel's uh, stance on virtually all of her policies, including migration. On foreign policy, she has less of a clear profile. She has been trying to use her current position as CDU um, Secretary General to kind of develop a more clearer forward-looking policy from relations with the US or Russia to German involvement in the Sahel, for example. But she doesn't really have a clear, clear policy there. Okay, so this is quite big stuff. You know, Angela Merkel, the the stalwart of German politics for so long now, you know, we're looking at potentially uh, that coming to an end. So how do we get here? What are the drivers? What are the main drivers at work? And, you know, what does this mean? So... The main driver, I would say, is the gradual erosion, really, of, of support for the two mainstream parties, the CDU and CSU on the one side and the SPD, the left-wing coalition partner of Merkel, on the other. Both parties have been 
hemorrhaging almost, I want to say, support since the formation of the sort of so-called Grand Coalition, which we have today, which uh, Merkel leads. And that is due to, I think, several reasons. One of them is obviously the popular resistance among some parts of Germany towards uh, Merkel's migration policy, particularly, of course, in eastern parts of Germany. But it's also also over a greater, greater push for more social welfare spending, for example, which is partly what explains the rise of the Greens, who now, according to the most recent federal polls, actually rival that of the CDU, which is, again, a very unusual phenomenon in German politics. They have overtaken the SPD by almost 10 percentage points now, which is really a huge change. And underlying those factors is also a broader desire for change, really, where you know, Merkel has been in power pretty much since the beginning of the millennium. And the Grand Coalition has been reformed. It's been in place uh, since, since, since before 2017. And that is something that has not been very welcomed by the German electorate. Right, right. Okay. And so going forwards then, what, what does this mean? You know, so who, we've, we've looked at the three candidates there. Which is going to replace her, do we think? So Friedrich Merz looks to me as the most likely candidate to actually replace Merkel. Now, although he has been out of German politics for nearly 10 years now, he has, as the chairman of the German chapter of the BlackRock Asset Management Company, he has maintained all his, most of his contacts. And that is something we have, for example, recently seen speculation emerging that Wolfgang Schäuble, formerly Federal Finance Minister under Merkel, has helped facilitate Friedrich Merz's rise in, in popularity among the CDU, what, CDU senior group. You know, if he was to win, what would that, uh, what could we expect from him? Now, although I said that Merz is in many ways uh, on the right of Merkel, he's also to, to, to a significant extent a continuity candidate. For example, he, he shares Merkel's moderate approach towards Russia in the sense that uh, she tries to talk to President Vladimir Putin, but also she avoids appeasing him on, on many issues. That is very much what he shares. And he's also very much in favor of firmly anchoring Germany in Western structures. He is, for example, the chairman of the non-profit organization Atlantic Brücke, which in German stands for Atlantic Bridge, which is a non-profit organization dedicated to, to, to deepening German-American ties. So he, he could potentially put more pressure on uh, Merkel to resign because of the fact that, according to German constitution, you can only uh, replace a chancellor rather than express a vote, a vote of no confidence and formally remove him. You have to actually replace and agree on a new one rather than just call new elections. Um, so because of that fact, there, there is very, at, at the moment at least, there is very little actual opportunity for any of those three candidates to formally remove Merkel. What could potentially happen is that you would end up creating a lot of pressure against Merkel from her own initiative to, to stand down. But obviously, as we said before, Merkel has announced that she would be try that she would try to stay chancellor until 2021. So overall, we do expect to see a degree of policy continuity. Okay, brilliant. And more internationally, then, obviously, Germany, a crucial member of the, of the EU, you know, a real kind of core member there. What does this mean for the EU and for the region more broadly? Now, that is where we expect to see the main implications of this development, because no matter what you may think about uh, Merkel's migration policy, she really has been an influential player in that sense, whether for the good or for the bad. And that has also been the case on issues such as the Greek um, Eurozone crisis, or the, the crisis in Greece itself, where Merkel has really, even though she, she to an extent panders to German public opinion, she has been crucial in, in ensuring that Greece does not crash out of the Eurozone, and she has been crucial in keeping the bloc together, both on, on sort of Eurozone integration and on migration. So what we could potentially see is a greater 
absence of German leadership. I, I say greater because there has been an absence of German leadership in the past. But we have seen in the past this trend. Um, we, we have seen more leadership from Germany in the past few years. But we could potentially see a stagnation or even a reversal of this trend depending on how much of a proactive role Merz actually takes because he is a pro-business candidate, which could potentially lead him to, you know, Germany has been traditionally opposed to, to greater risk sharing within the Eurozone, for example, and has obviously been reluctant to finance other Eurozone programs or other Eurozone countries to a significant extent. And that is potentially where we could see a change uh, or a greater resistance from Germany towards these programs, which could potentially, again, pave the way for places like Italy to see greater economic instability. In 2019, we will see both the European election, but also the appointment of the new governor of the European Central Bank, which again will be crucial in determining how, how the Eurozone will function in the future. Right. So perhaps um, just to finish us off, then, you could take us through a few kind of crucial upcoming focal points you know, kind of chronological order, just to, you know, kind of set this straight. So I guess the first one is the um, CDU party leadership election, you know, that will likely see Mertz win. When's that one again? So the CDU party summit will be from the 6th to the 8th of December, so nearly, nearly a month now. Going forwards from there, we will, of course, have the European elections in May 2019, in 2019, we will also have three German state elections, namely in Thuringia, Saxony and Brandenburg, uh, where the AFD is supposed to make significant gains in each, each of those three. And then going forwards, we will, of course, have, as I mentioned, the, the governorship election in the European Central Bank. And we will, of course, have the American presidency election, which could potentially also impact on the long-term trajectory economically uh, in the Eurozone. And then going forward, we will have the 2021 federal elections in Germany again, which again will determine a much, much, much broader sense of issues. Brilliant. Matt, thank you very much for your insight as ever. If any of our conversation has triggered further questions, please do not hesitate to get in touch. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have found this podcast useful. If you would like to learn more about our services, or if you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch at info at